name is Pastor Jay Morgan. I'm director of the Appalachia Prayer Center Ministries and the West Virginia Prayer Alliance. I am really excited that you're on the video today. Um, uh, just a couple of preliminaries. I'm going to jump in on today's episode of Stay Focused. I am going to talk about the vital role of prayer. Uh, today is March 26, 2020. I'm just kind of time stamping this because these will be uh, podcasts later on, audio only podcasts, and someone can be listening to this in the future. And I just want to remind you of what's going on in the world right now. Right now, the world is in the throes of, of crisis, uh, not to be an alarmist. But at the center of this is um, a disease uh, uh, called COVID-19 uh, uh, caused by a novel coronavirus. Uh, 150 plus nations of the world right now is grappling with this, trying to make sense, trying to figure out how to respond. Because one of the biggest things that we are finding out is there is sickness, uh, there is death associated with this, but there is extreme amounts of uncertainty. And the world is, 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 if it's not in a deep crisis right now, it's on the precipice of, of, of crisis because there's a, a lot of fear, uncertainty. Uh, much of the nation is on uh, a quarantine. And let me just let me say that again. This is not just communities. Nearly the whole nation is in, in quarantine right now uh, in an effort to contain the spread of the virus and uh, the ministry, one of the ministries I'm part of, West Virginia Prayer Alliance, one of the things we did in response to this is we began 12 hours of intercession and worship broadcast live on uh, social media. People are broadcasting from their uh, own uh, Facebook pages. We're sharing it over to our West Virginia Prayer Alliance page. By the way, if you're not connected with that, let me encourage you to do that. Uh, our folks, our, our um, West Virginia Prayer Alliance tribe, Man, they have been going strong for four solid days, uh, 12 hours a day, just on the half hour mark, someone new coming on, leading worship, leading intercession, doing some teaching and backing the intercession. And I am just excited about this initiative, Hope and Light WV, because while there is uncertainty, we want to be a place of, of, of encouragement and, and hope and light in the middle of all of this. Um, I, I am going to jump into today's uh, uh, call uh, uh, topic, which is the vital role of prayer. Two days ago, I talked about the role of the fivefold ministry in um, in crisis. Now, I would encourage you to find that episode. Right now, it's on the West Virginia Prayer Lines page. You might have to scroll back or go to our videos and look back. It'll say, uh, stay focused. I think it's episode two, the role of the fivefold ministry. Then yesterday, I talked about the role of the church. Um, you can find that. Let me encourage you to watch that too. Uh, both episodes are packed full of information and, and just my thoughts. But today is a little different. As I was preparing for today, and I'm going to have to jump into this and go quick, but as I was preparing for the day, I feel like I have a word from the Lord to us. Um, it's, it's not uh, timelines and uh, uh, predictions about how everything is going to go or play out with the coronavirus. But it is, a, I think, a, um, a word from God concerning the season we're in and the season that will follow. And so pay careful attention. I want to point out I am wearing uh, my Back to the Future uh, t-shirt today. I picked this t-shirt intentionally because I firmly believe in order for the, the church to find its way into the future of what lies ahead of us, we must go back. 
in order to, let me say it again, in order to discern and move forward into the future, we must go back to the fundamental principles of our faith. And yesterday, I talked out of Acts 2, 42 through 47, about how the early church acted and responded. Let me just note that the early church in Jerusalem, excuse me, the first church in Jerusalem was in crisis. There was a lot of poor, dying, sick people in Jerusalem. The church immediately went to Acts and began to care for people. They set a, a, a wonderful precedent uh, of how to respond in crisis. Uh, while I was talking yesterday, I uh, mentioned, uh, and again, go watch that episode because I really feel that uh, this, as we move forward, we must go back to the first church and, and un unlock uh, some principles that the apostles put into place directly based on the teachings of Jesus himself. And so Jesus said, upon this rock, the rock of who he is, the understanding of who he is, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Listen, if we do not build upon the, the foundational teachings of Jesus and the apostles, the gates of hell will crush the current church. Now, that is not a prophetic word. That is just me believing scripture. That if we're not built on the foundation of Jesus, not just a, a belief of salvation, but upon the teachings of Jesus himself, Jesus said, the man who listens to my teachings and puts them into practice is like a man who builds his house in a rock. We often tell people that if, if you just say a salvation prayer, you're building your house in a rock. But Jesus went a step further. He said, you must actually put my teachings into practice and you're building your house in a rock because that is the rock of who he is. And if you don't, you're building your house on sand. And I'm getting distracted because I got into the, get into the vital role of prayer. Now, here's what I'm going to say. I want to go through several things. This isn't going to be a polished message, but just listen to me because I'm trying to explain to you what the Lord has been sharing with me today. A little bit of what I want to talk about. I have shared for two solid years all over the Appalachia region, from Birmingham to New York, multiple states in between. Uh, we have 10 prayer regions all over the state of West Virginia, nearly every county connected. I have been in front of groups of people. Uh, 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 people uh, from multiple denominations. Our tribe, West Virginia Prayer Alliance, uh, if you can just look at the feed of what's going on through the day, you'll find out we're in multiple denominations, uh, but we have one common denominator, a couple. One, we believe in the supremacy of Jesus, and we are we hunger for revival. Now, one of the recurring messages that I have is to, to define revival. A lot of people are saying, and I've been one of those people that say that we smell, feel, sense revival, even in the middle of this crisis. While that is true, let me first define revival. When I talk about revival, I'm not talking about the harvest of lost souls. The word revive actually means to bring back to life or consciousness. Now, let me lay a foundation. I'm going to get into prayer. That's the, the subject of prayer. The word revival is to bring back to life or consciousness. So when I pray for revival... I am asking the Lord to revive his church. I am asking the Lord to, to return the church to her first love, to return that we can return to the fire and the fervency of our first love for our bridegroom. My family just led worship and they were singing Yeshua, my beloved, is more beautiful among thousands. The church has to return to that love. The church has to awaken to love with Jesus. That is the first revival. Now, hear me clear. I firmly believe that a harvest is going to happen. I want to talk about that toward the end of today's um, uh, teaching. 
So hang in here, listen to all of it, because I'm going to intersperse pieces of what the Lord has told me about this season and the season to follow as I teach. So when I talk about revival, I'm talking about the church returning to first love. Many of us hunger for the uh, the harvest. We hunger for the power of God to be displayed. Healing signs, wonders, miracles. I hunger for this, but understand that the early church, I read it today, that the early church spent 10 days in prayer, 10 minutes in preaching, and thousands were added. Today's church wants to spend 10 days preaching and barely 10 minutes in prayer. So I'm just going to say that the early church, once again, set a precedent. When you look at the early church gatherings in the New Testament, when you read the book of Acts, one of the fundamental things they did when they gathered was prayed. The scripture doesn't necessarily talk about how much they sang. They did when Paul Silas was in prison. But when the church gathered, for instance, when Peter was in prison, what did the church do? They gathered and prayed. When they were under persecution, what did they do? They gathered and prayed. So I want to say, I was going to title this, The Vital Role of Prayer in Crisis. I'm just going to title it, though, The Vital Role of Prayer, period. And while we long for a demonstration of God's power, it's not going to come until there's an intimacy um, uh, uh, between the bride and our bridegroom, Jesus. Then sons and daughters will be born. Uh, I'm going to throw a lot of things in. I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to this and unpack what I'm saying. Right now, the season we're in, listen to me carefully. Uh, the, the word talks about the men of Issachar who could discern the season. They knew the time that they were in, and then it says and they knew what Israel should do. See, you behave different in the winter than you do in the spring, and you behave different in the spring than you do the summer, and you behave different in the fall and the harvest than you do in winter, summer, spring. Do you, do you understand this? So, so right now, it, what I feel right now is not harvest season, but it is revival season. Hear me clearly. God is desiring. We have preached, begged, pleaded for a couple of years for the church to return to the secret place of intimacy. Many of you have been beating this drum much longer than I have. Uh, the Lord brought us into a place of intimacy three years ago. I have been traveling all over and uh, urging people to return to this secret place, or organizing prayer gatherings, organizing prayer to return to the secret place. And, and, and here's what we're doing. See, I, I posted something to, to, to today, and I'm just going to repeat it. See, delay is not denial. Just because God is delaying does not mean he's not going to do what he promised. Many of you have visions of the harvest. You've held on to them for years. Listen to me carefully. Just because it's not happened yet does not mean it's a no. Delay is not denial. Peter talks about uh, the Lord is not slow concerning his promise. But what is he doing? He's patient. See, the Lord is giving us time right now to get into the secret place. He's given us time uh, to... Um, to draw close to him. I believe he has asked us, and now he can use this quarantine. Now listen to me carefully. He can use this time of quarantine. Listen, sports are shut down in our nation right now. Even public church gatherings are, uh, are shut down in our nation. Entertainment shut down. Hollywood isn't producing. TV shows aren't producing. Nothing is, all of the idols in our culture are, Shut down right now, and the Lord is saying, come away with me, church. Now, listen, 
there is a difference between waiting and expecting. For instance, whenever you're pregnant, we say she's expecting. Now, expecting involves waiting. Yes, you are waiting on the baby. But you're not just waiting, twiddling your thumbs. You're not just filling your time. Listen, 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 listen to me. This time of waiting is not for us just to oddly tick the time away. See, when a when a family is expecting a baby, they go into motion. First, the, the, the mother will alter even things about what she's doing. She will often purify her intake. If, if, if the drugs, alcohol, smoking, cut out. Many things are cut out. Uh, many times she'll stop eating certain things. She'll start taking vitamins. She will alter. So what I'm saying is during a time of expectation, which we're in, this isn't time to just twiddle your thumbs, tick the days away and say, the Lord's going to do something. Listen, I, I, I'm not putting down pro prophecy. The Bible says despise not prophecy, but I saw a lot of people excited about a football game and the outcome of that. Now that is a prophetic indicator, but I promise you that revival is not coming because, because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. It can be an indicator, if, if, if you're following that uh, uh, thread of prophecy, it can be an indicator of what's to come. It can be a sign, but signs should propel us to go into action. Signs should cause us to be more serious and urgent than ever. Uh, revival doesn't come by you sitting on your couch, eating popcorn, cheering on the chiefs. Hear my heart. Revival comes when if you see a prophetic sign and you go into motion and you go into prayer and interest and, and pleading. The Lord does nothing on the earth except he first revealed it to his servant, the prophet. I've heard Lee Ingalls say this. Why does he reveal it to his servants, the prophet, first? So they can go into action and pray so that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You understand this? If you believe that harvest is coming, right now it's a time for the church to awaken. If you don't think the church needs awaken, because some people just look at their current congregation, and man, I got to go quick, but listen to my heart. Some people just say, you know, the church is fine because their current congregation is paying the bills or doing okay, or even adding some people, and I applaud all of that. But when I look at the fact that nearly 210, depending on what you look at, 210 to 280 million people in this country with their mouth confess that Jesus is Lord. Nearly 80% of people in this country still confess that Jesus is Lord with their mouth. But when I see the shape of this country, I, the only thing I can do is say, oh Lord, you must revive your church. We confess you as Lord, but our hearts are far from you. Am I speaking about every single believer? No. I know that there's a remnant passionately praying and is awake and passionate for the Lord. But what I'm telling you, this time of waiting is not a time to just tick the seconds away, but it is a time to go into motion. This is the season that we're in. We're in a season of intense prayer and fasting. Now, I have several things I want to get into, but I, I want to read for, for you a couple of things about prayer. These are things I've committed to paper, and I'm just going to read to you. I'm reading right from uh, one of my discipleship books. I just want to read this because it makes more clear the first time I wrote it out. The spiritual fervency that results from prayer and repentance will be rejected by many in the church. 
in many, now listen to me, in many churches, it's completely acceptable and it's even encouraged to be passionate about your church, your worship experience, your worship team, your pastor, your mission, your cause, the sermon series, your brand, your denomination. It's encouraged to be passionate about these things. But the moment the saints become spiritually fervent about prayer and the biblical call to repentance, many people, many church folk get uncomfortable and for good reason. The fire of God that comes through prayer and repentance separates the wheat from the chaff. There are too many in the church who are looking for the church and for God to fulfill their needs while God, beginning all the way with Adam and particularly with Noah on, has been searching for those who will give themselves to his cause. Again, I want to share a lot, so you might have to go back and listen. Many are just looking to see what church and God can do for them while God is looking for people who will join his cause. The total abandonment to the cause of Christ only comes to the Holy Spirit's purifying fire and presence that we experience in prayer. The only, the only way you look through history, when people were sold out believers, it came through prayer. One of the people that's been a great inspiration to me were the Moravians, how they would even sell themselves as slaves to go preach the gospel. Let me understand something. To do that kind of radical abandonment to the cause of Christ, it does not come through just an intellectual understanding of the gospel. That comes, and you, when you find out that the Moravians started a prayer meeting and went 24 hours a day that lasted for 100 years, you understand the power that came from these people. They weren't messing around. They had what they called Pentecost-type experiences where the Holy Spirit filled them and empowered them, and they went to passionate prayer, and mission and harvest came from them. This is a side note. John Wesley, the great revivalist John Wesley, who hundreds of years after his death, there are still millions of Christians following Jesus based on his teachings. John Wesley was a most, what shall I say, a byproduct of the Moravians' mission. He just happened to meet them while they were on their way to the new world to preach the gospel. And later on, he had an encounter with the Lord through them. What am I talking about? I am talking about how the Holy Spirit prepares you through prayer. Let me say this. Satan will tolerate and even encourage all sorts of passionate spiritual activity, but he earnestly resists prayer-fueled spiritual fervency in the church. Why? Why? Because when folks start praying, they, I, I want to I explain to you what happens when we pray. But the, ultimately, when all these things start happening, the kingdom of Satan is destroyed in the world. So Satan will do anything except uh, uh, he will let you do anything as long as it keeps you from praying. You need to understand this. Please hear my heart on this. He wants to keep you out of the secret place. Why? Because prayer will purify you. Satan will fight the call for prayer in the church because it's in deep times of prayer and intercession that God exposes and burns away sin. It is in prayer that we become victorious. It is in prayer that he baptizes us with power and fire, even as he did the early church. Why is prayer important? It purifies you. Number two, intercessors hang in here because I have a word for you and I have a word for the whole church. Prayer reveals God's heart. It is in prayer that we begin to see the heart of the Father. We begin to understand his vision in the world as well as his desires from us. 
See, we can come up with a lot of good things, but it's in prayer we understand what God desires specifically from us, our group, our church, our region, prayer. It is in prayer that we become, begin to understand what his kingdom is, what his will is. Uh, see, it's in prayer that we get our marching orders. As we begin to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. He begins to tell us what it is, and then he gives us marching orders. But as long as we're not listening, as long as we're just sitting around with our friends coming up with good ideas, without praying, and I, I don't, listen, I don't want to make any enemies here, but I'm just going to preach it the way I understand it. He don't, the, the, the devil doesn't mind a 30-second, 45-second circle prayer before you just go in and just do whatever it is you're going to do, but he resists uh, uh, fervent prayer. Why? Because it's in those times of fervent prayer you begin to pray, even as Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. Let me explain something to you. When Jesus was facing the cross, he did not call a meeting to discuss his options. He asked his disciples to pray. I want to say it again. When Jesus was facing the cross, he did not call a leadership team meeting to discuss his options. He, he, he called his leaders, his disciples, to pray with him. And they didn't. But it didn't deter him from praying. Pastor, pray. Apostle, pray. Prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Intercessors, pray. Lead the church in prayer. Insist that we pray. Call, call prayer. Call prayer. Prayer empowers you. It is impassionate, settled, tarrying prayer that we receive the Holy Spirit's power, even as the disciples did on the day of Pentecost. See, the command was for them to go tarry, which means to literally I can't do a teaching on this tonight, but the, the, the word tarry there, the Greek word, I have broken apart. It literally means to settle down. It's a St. Cathizo. It's the same Greek word that when it says that Jesus sat and taught them for three days. See, we have to learn not to get in a hurry in prayer, but to get in settled prayer. And when we get in settled prayer, Holy Spirit power will baptize us, baptizo, which isn't, and, and, and the, uh, the, new, uh, the NASB commentary distinguishes the word um, used when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. It wasn't, there was one Greek word for baptize, which means a quick dip, but actually the one that, 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 that uh, was promised on the day of Pentecost was a baptizo, which is a, a pickling, a marinating presence. So when you take the cucumber and you put it into the pickling solution, come on somebody, and you let it marinate there. When you pull the cucumber out of the pickling solution after a period of time, and they see this is what God has wanted us to do, marinate, marinate in his presence. And when you pull the cucumber out after a period of time and you cut that thing open, it's very nature. It's no longer called a cucumber. It's called a pickle. And see, so that's what the Lord wants to do. You're looking for a quick hit. He wants you to settle down, cathizo, so then he can settle down on you and baptizo you and saturate you and marinate you in power. Is this making sense? See, many of us right now will resist this season. Don't. And here's the word I believe that God is talking about, sharing with me in this season. Remember the parable of the ten virgins, the ten bridesmaids, where um, they all had oil, and I'm going to slow down. If I go over a minute or two, bear with me. I'm going to ask the guys that's going to follow me on West Virginia Prayer Lines to just give me a minute or two to finish this word. It is vitally important. Well, listen to me. When Jesus taught about the, the, the parable of the, the ten virgins, the, the ten bridesmaids, five, they, they all had oil, but the others had extra oil. 
What I believe this season is, is the Lord has been urging the church to get extra oil. And he is giving us an opportunity now. Listen to me. No excuse. No excuses. Millions of us are quarantined. No excuses. He's given us this, this opportunity to soak ourselves in the oil of the Holy Spirit, to receive more power, to marinate in his presence. Because the time will come then, everyone will go, and I'm going to give you a word about what I feel is going to happen after this quarantine. The time will come then when everybody will go back into sleep, and then at a moment that you do not, you do not know, then the bridegroom will return. I'm not just talking about the return of Christ. I am talking about this harvest, this revival that he's wanting to send. Here's how I think it will most likely happen. I think that once quarantine is lifted, maybe cautiously at first, but then there's going to be this natural exuberance as people get out again. And uh, there might even, even be a, a temporary uptick back in church life. And I'm not saying that the Lord won't work in that. I'm going to say it's going to be fueled primarily by just a natural reaction of being quarantined. I then perceive that people will go back to spiritual sleep. And then in a moment that you don't know, God will begin to work in true revival. Boom. True revival, true revival is going to break out, and it's going to be without warning. It's going to be like that bridegroom. Everyone's going to be asleep, then boom, just bow. There he is. So listen to me carefully. If you resist this season right now, this season to get extra oil, when true revival harvest breaks out, you will want to jump into it, but the door will be closed to you because you will not have the power that is needed to preach the gospel with signs, healing, miracles, and de deliver to power that's necessary. I hope you're hearing me right now. Right now is the time to get extra oil because people will go back to sleep, and then when that happens, the bridegroom will start walking. Jesus will begin walking. Jesus begin working, and he needs people who will have that extra oil that would be prepared because if you tried, if you tried to get into the sick, you won't be able to fake it, guys. You will not be able to get in church and hype it up. You will not. If the Holy Spirit is not present, you will not be able to bring revival. Your gifts, your, your, your charisma, your natural abilities will not do it in this season. You must have extra oil of the Holy Spirit that he's giving you the opportunity to get right now. Then when the world goes back to spiritual sleep, and then the bridegroom will return, and he will look for people who will be with him. And guys, I, I just hope you understand what, I, what I'm saying to you right now. If you resist this opportunity, it's going to be like an athlete who is in an off-season. And during off-season, the worst thing an athlete can do is sit all day and play video games and eat Doritos and drink Mountain Dew. Now, I like Doritos and Mountain Dew, but you understand what I'm saying. If you sit and play video games and eat Doritos and drink Mountain Dew all day long in off-season, when season comes back in, you're not going to be ready, but other people will. And this is a time to train and prepare. It's not a time to just twiddle your thumbs. Now, listen to me. I'm, I'm wrapping up. Intercessors, this is why it's so important for intercessors to go to the front right now. Many ministries that is normally in the front, now, right now in this season, we must step back and let our intercessors go to the forefront. Intercessors, when I say go to the forefront, 
Now, if you're a Bible teacher, that's fine, but I'm not asking you to just teach us the Bible. I'm asking you to stand in front of us and show us, listen to me, show us how to pray. Pour your heart out to God with with weeping and crying and pray the scriptures and prepare this church. Draw the church into the secret place with you. This is what's necessary right now. Intercessors, it's important. This is, we're, we're pulling you off the bench. We're pulling you off the sidelines. You have been in the secret place preparing for this. It's important that you show the church how to pray in this season. And church, this isn't a time for us to sit and watch the intercessors pray. It's a time to respond to their cues. As they begin to pour their heart out, leaning their ear against the, the, the chest of Jesus, and they begin to speak, even as John did, the beautiful heart of Jesus, it's important that we respond with our prayers. Let them show us how to pray. Let them teach us how to pray with their example. I pray you understand this. What am I saying? I'm saying right now, and I'm wrapping up. I'm saying right now is an off season, so to speak, but it is a very important season if in order for us to prepare ourselves and be ready. So when the season comes, you won't, listen, let me slow down. You will not be able to fake your way through it when real revival comes. Your gifts will not be enough. Your abilities will not be enough. I don't care how pretty your lamp your, your lamp pot is, if it doesn't have oil in it, if it doesn't have the oil of the Holy Spirit full and overflowing and extra, when he begins moving, you will desire, but you'll be scrambling for power and the door of opportunity for you will be closed. Many, many, many people will be saved, but I'm talking to people in the church right now that God wants to use when harvest comes. Allow him to revive your heart in prayer right now so that he can use you when harvest comes. I hope you understand everything I'm saying. Um, uh, so much of this the Lord gave to me uh, quickly today, and I didn't really get a chance to process it fully. But understand, listen to my heart. Go back and listen to it again. I pray that you'll listen to it again. And Father, just wake your church up. I pray that you stir your church to passion. I pray that you pull us away to the secret place. I pray that the intercessors have the boldness to step to the forefront. And don't worry about being pretty. Don't worry about being cute. We don't need cute. We don't need pretty. We need power. And, and Lord, I just pray that you bring power in your church. I pray, pray that you bring power in our prayers and teach your church how to settle down and wait for power. The cathizo, so we can be baptizo, marinated, saturated into power, so that we can hear your heart, so we can know your marching orders, so that when a season of harvest comes, we can go full force. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has blessed you. Share it with others. Send me comments. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, uh, watch it again. Share it. Uh, um, do, you know, Do the replay. If you're coming to it late, please listen to everything I taught. Because I think God is speaking to us. You all take care. I love you and appreciate you.